Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. It's time for the B-A-Q-A. The B-A-Q-A. Okay, the B-A-Q-A. Do you have a question? about business, entrepreneurship, career, life. Well, not so much life because we're still trying to live it ourselves, child. But, you know, the other stuff. Me and Mandra are here for our weekly Brown Ambition question and answer. Yes, ma'am. All right. We have some really good questions. If y'all want to drop us a question, just go to brownambitionpodcast.com and you can click ask us anything to submit a question. Also, hit us up on Instagram. We are at Podcast. We are checking your questions there as well. Today, we have a couple of home questions. So some interesting, juicy ones. Let's start with this question from Charlotte. Charlotte said, Mandy, in all caps. Tiffany is here too, Charlotte. Okay, so it was Mandy and Tiffany. What are the pros and cons of a HELOC? For those who don't know, a HELOC stands for a home equity line of credit. Charlotte says, my home has about $60,000 of equity, and I would like to tap into that to have several projects done. I was fortunate to buy a foreclosed home in 2015 for only $50,000. That doesn't need any expensive or large projects. I've been slowly refreshing it. My home is currently valued at about $125,000 by my county assessor. Okay, so that's how she's getting that equity. Yes, first of all, let's give you a round of applause. Charlotte, yes, girl, yes. We stand a queen, right? A stand (laughs) um, a smart queen. I'm going to assume... That you bought the foreclosed home for the fifty thousand cash, I'm assuming, just because typically foreclosures at that amount they're not financing. So let's just assume that she doesn't have a mortgage, which is important to understand. So home equity home equity line of credit, aka HELOC, means like you basically gotta treat your home almost like a credit card. I came in like a credit card. Name that song, Mandy. Um. Oh shit. Miley Cyrus, Wrecking Ball. <laughs> Wrecking Ball. Yes. You never know when the song trivia is going to come. <laughs> Didn't think it'd be in a HELOC conversation, but I'm down. So that just means that Charlotte had, and Charlotte, I was going to do this too, this home equity line of credit, because I was like, oh, okay. Basically, it means that Charlotte, I mean, you could do this even if you don't own your home straight out, but she can borrow the money up to a certain amount. Like, let's just say, she to make the math easy. Let's just say Charlotte, you know, the house is worth a hundred thousand, and she put fifty thousand in it or whatever. They don't let you take out the full amount of what all of your equity. They don't because they're like, girl, you tried it. Instead, they let you take out a percentage. Don't quote me. I think it's around no more than sixty percent or something like that. But don't quote I've me. I've seen up to eighty-five. Okay, 85. perhaps. Yeah. Like I said, don't. It quote depends me. on the bank. Yes, it does. But if you, the, the, the benefits of HELOCs, because um, there's certainly cons, but one of the benefits of HELOC is that 
Typically, the interest rate is more reasonable because the bank actually has a tangible thing or tangible thing to say, if Charlotte don't pay me, guess what we're going to do? Snatch that house, child. You know, so typically a HELOC, the interest rates are a little bit better, but some of the cons are interest rates are up overall. Charlotte, I'm assuming that you don't have a mortgage. And so I don't know if you like me, but I like not having a mortgage. But some of the benefits also too, is that you said several projects done. I'm assuming that you're wanting to fix stuff on the house, which would, if you do so carefully, Charlotte, and I will reach out to a realtor. And obviously a contract, a knowledgeable contractor that what things can you fix where you'll get a return on that investment. So it could actually, she could take the money out, say she took out, you know, $20,000, fixed up some bathrooms and got the return of $30,000. So there are pros and cons that we just shared with you. But Mandy, do you have some that I maybe I'm missing? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the biggest con, which is that your home is tied to it. So yes. if you default, then they can take your whole entire house, Child. which is unfortunate. Um, that's called that's collateral. Yes, it's for collateral. But that's why the rates can be lower. Um, You know, and also with a HELOC. So there's there's a couple, you know, without getting like too, too technical, there's a home equity loan, which is like a lump sum loan. And a home equity line of credit, which is kind of like Tiffany said, it's more like a credit card, you don't have to use you don't they don't give you the full amount. You basically, you know, you you make draws on that line as you need it. So you may not actually end up using all of your entire line, depending on how much work you need to have done. So it's a little bit more flexible in that way. (sighs) And then you but you have to be uh, clear on what your draw period is and then when you'd have to start making payments on that. Um, So looking at the fine print is important. You don't have to use your loan, although it sounds like you are for home improvements, which is smart, but you don't have to use it for home improvements. You know, you can use home equity loans or HELOCs for other expenses as well. Debt consolidation being another one. So it's a cool tool. It's also another piece of power for home ownership. It gives you that additional leverage. I don't know why it took me so damn long for it to click in my mind that when people said I'm taking out another mortgage on my home, this is what they're talking about. They're talking about taking out a home equity loan where you are essentially again, taking out a loan against the value of your home. And second mortgages sound really scary. And they can be, it doesn't sound like a good idea, right? Like, why would I take out more debt against my home? But if you are in a position, like Tiff said, where you can make an investment with that money that it ends up benefiting you in the long run, then it can be a lot smarter than potentially, for example, you know, going into your cash savings account and taking a bunch of cash out you know, in this way, you can make the improvements slowly and take advantage of low rates and keep your own cash flow, like keeping your own cash in the bank. Yeah. And keep it yeah, flowing, keep it flowing and available (laughs) for you. Because remember, Mandy, this is when I got like the the um, the low. Also too, Charlotte, if you are a sister, you run the risk of um, having your home underpraised. I know your tax assessor said, so remember this, because remember the reason why I know all this, because I too was looking to a HELOC um, last year, or was it last year or the year before, if y'all remember. So my husband and I, we, had, we, we have two properties, one, well, both of them are paid off, but one was like our rental property. And I, we were considering pulling money out to put it into the market because the market was going up, 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 honey. And like the house, although it was appreciating in value, meaning becoming more and more valuable, it wasn't as going up as fast as the market was. So I was like, well, we could take out maybe $100,000, put into the market, you know, get back whatever the market was going to yield and then pay off the the loan and then have some extra money from our pocket. But unfortunately, the um, 
actually it was my personal um, private home. The the appraiser under appraised us by about like forty to fifty thousand dollars because <laughs> black. And so I can say that like definitively because I mean they have so many articles. I mean actually the I think the, it was a Washington Post wrote an article about me. I think maybe even the New York Times had like interviewed me as well, but. Yeah, they found that it was definitely underpraised because our house was brand new. Like some of the things that he wrote was like normal wear and tear. Like every hinge on the door was brand new. The house, we had finished renovations six months prior. What wear and tear? We hadn't even lived here really yet. So anyway, so you run the risk of that as well. You might want to look for a, um, a appraiser of some melanin if you are melanated. Um, or do what my husband and I had decided to, we were going to do, which was to get our white friend, Catherine, hey, Catherine, to be, uh, to be me in the house, which is really terrible, but that's what we were going to do. So just keep that in mind that that's the potential too. Um, but you sound pretty, pretty responsible. So I mean, if you bought a foreclosure, paid 50000 for it, you've already seen this increase, just be mindful that, you know, money costs. So just make the most of it. Yeah. Well, thank you for your question, Charlotte. Yes, thank you. All right. Another one. This one comes from listener Cece. All right. It says, hey, Mandy. Wait, wait, wait. Cece, do you love me? Name that song. <laughs> Isn't it Kiki? <laughs> it is, but I'm but just saying, it. like, you know, yeah. <laughs> Name that Drake. song. Drake. Yes. Drake. Shit. What's it called? <laughs> Meanwhile, I don't even know the <laughs> I don't know. If you're riding, but at least you knew Drake. That's good enough. That's I could do enough. the That's song from TikTok. I mean, the dance from TikTok. <laughs> That's where you had to get out of the car while I was still moving, right? <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Read from right. Cece. Okay. Cece says, Mandy, thank you. Oh, send, sending thanks for how you've maintained the show and Tiffany's time of healing. I hope Tiffany feels all the love being sent her way. I do. Thanks. I, thanks, Cece. Uh, CC says, I recently bought my first property and moved out of my old apartment in February. I'm in the same city and have the same utility companies, but new accounts. Today, I received a call from a collections agency saying I didn't pay the final gas bill, which was due in March. The amount is only $35, but I don't remember getting that bill or any past due notices. It's completely possible that I lost track of it during the move. I went ahead and paid it, but now I'm worried that my credit score will be negatively impacted. I've had a perfect payment history on all of my accounts for almost 15 years, and now I'm worried that I've ruined it over $35. Please tell me what I should do. Aw, Cece, it's going to be okay. Yes. First of all, Cece, let me tell you something. Like, I, um, one of my credit cards, I totally forgot to make a payment. And I thought I had automated, but I I guess I didn't. And so, yo... (laughs) Child, my credit score went from, and this is recently, an 802, Mandy, to a 687. <gasps> I was like, the audacity, the goal. Is it like super duper late? How late are we no, talking? No, I mean, honestly, probably like a month late. I didn't even know. Like I went in to look. I was like, wait, what? Because I, I everything- miss credit card payments too, because I'm very disorganized sometimes. But, but, but I couldn't I believe it. You know, you know what? It was two. That's why. It was like, I had made it late and then I was like, okay, I'm going to automate. And then the next month I forgot to automate. So I think it was two late payments in a row. So I dropped so many points. And at first my stomach sank. I mean, to go from an 802 to a 687. But then I remember I'm not trying to buy nothing. Like I have two homes already. I have a car. I'm not borrowing any money. That your credit, like that's like my 80 something year old dad stressing about credit. It doesn't mean you don't want to have decent credit because you should. Credit basically says you should know me before you need me. 
So certainly you want to have a strong credit score, but you said you just bought a home. So I'm assuming you're not looking to borrow money anytime soon, especially not for a property. And so even if it does drop you, you have time. Like since then, it's been like three or four months. And of course, I've made my regular payments. I've automated it. And now I'm, I'm at a, instead of a 687, I'm at like a 710 now. And so I'm sure by the end of the year, I'll be back in 800s because girl, you're going to hold me down. But I say all that to say, that's, try not to st um, stress so much. And I wonder, Cece, did you pay, did you call the gas company or did you pay the creditors directly? Because sometimes, just just so you know, in the future, you know, you might be able to reach out to the original company that you owe to see if if I make this payment, can they kind of like pull back reporting that you were late? So that's just something to consider too. This exact thing happened to me. It's um, after college. When I left, I graduated college and my roommates moved out and I stayed for an extra month that summer because I was saving up to travel. And anyway, I got stuck with... Um, this, this, I forget which utility it was, but same situation. Like I moved out and then I didn't realize it was still being charged and it was like several months. So it was, it actually was a collections agency at that point. And I was like, oh shit. Um, but I wonder too, cause it was only a month late. Sometimes, sometimes businesses have, or even utilities or like other agencies, um, municipal agencies will have internal collections yes. teams and they can make it seem like it's the Girl. big, bad, scary deck collectors <laughs> from the street. But yes. it could just be, you know, someone from their company who wants to scare you enough to get you to just make your payment. So yes. I would get clear on that, you know, and and this happens to me with um doctor's bills. It's so Doctor, hard they're notorious for like it's a collection agency. Girl, it's yes. Barbara down the hall. Like, it is Barbara down the hall. <laughs> it's Barbara from downstairs with her thirty dollar copay. And I'm like, really, Barbara? Like, why do and, and like so much wasted mail, so many notices about this copay, and then it's hard it's so hard to keep track of which ones you paid and didn't pay. Anyway, so that happens to me. It has several times with um, doctor's bills. And at that point, I'm like, listen, I'm going to call the office directly, like Tiffany said, and make a payment and then they'll get off your back. But, you know, even if it did ding your credit score, just like Tiffany said, um, it will bounce back with other good behavior. And it's another good you know, reminder to just if that happens, don't ignore it. Just quickly call. Um, because you may have prevented it from, you know, if it's not how many days delinquent, I feel like after 45 days delinquent, 60 days is when, um, creditors will report it, you know, but like your first, cause I've, I have not, I've not, not missed several credit card payments. Cause, um, like I said, a little disorganized, um, lately I'm trying to get better about it. And I usually catch it really quickly, get on online chat with them and get it, you know, taken care of without having any dings to my credit score yeah and honestly too you have to know that the biggest ding is within like the first two months that's when it's like yikes but then it like it loses some power because your credit score is like I want you to think about like your financial GPA it's an average of all of your financial choices as it relates to paying back so it sounds like you've been an A plus 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 student so now you've gotten this one D so that one D does not take an A++ student down to a D. It just might take you down to a, a B, a low B, you know? And so, but what happens is you continue to pay on time and in full, and you will get other A's to offset this one D. And before you know it, you will be back in A's again. Like, I'm already like, girl, you know, they had me down in C. We're not, we not fit for C, C, C. Mm -mm. So when I'm in a B minus, I suspect in a couple months I'll be a solid B and I'll be back in A in fighting form, not borrowing any money anyway. So, yeah. So, I mean, that's for anybody who like stresses. Like if you're not actually borrowing money, then I wouldn't 
stress too much, but you do want to always like, you know, with your credit, you do want to, you know, especially if you're young, that you have your credit gearing and ready to go, ideally. Yes, ma'am. All right, Cece. Thank you so much for your question and for your beautiful and kind words. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with another question from a listener who has a question about her 401k. <gasps> Uno mas. Sacre bleu. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, 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 BA fam. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. That's incredible. This is according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 150 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Okay. It's smart. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Brown Just go to Indeed.com slash Brown right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition. Terms and conditions apply. You need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, y'all. We are back. Our third and final question of the show. First of all, it's so nice to have you back, Tiffany. This is our first BA Q&A back together. I don't got to just talk to myself for half an hour straight. <laughs> really you know, I was thinking nice. we said back together. I was like, look at us black together. Black together. <laughs> It's so nice to have someone to bounce off of. All right. This question comes from listener Stacy. Stacy says, I'm over 50 and I've made pretty decent money most of my life, but I've never saved in a 401k from my jobs. I started a new career in October 2021 and I'm now contributing to my 401k. What is the best bet for ever being able to retire? Stacy, first of all, congratulations with your new career 2020. Okay. Um, so Stace, your best bet is going to be to max out your 401k. Um, so I'm, so I don't, okay, you start a new career, you're contributing now. Good. I'm glad you're contributing. One, um, normally, you know, man and I will talk about like contributing to, um, at least whatever your company's matching, but because you're like, you know, you're starting a little later, that's okay. I would want you to contribute the max, which is, what is the max, Mandra? What is it? 20,500? If you can. $1,500 for 2022. Mm -hmm. But the government knows we stay late. They're like, sis, you stay late. So you know what they have? They have something called catch up contributions. What that means is that if you are 50 or older, which you are, sis, um, they let you put an additional 
amount of money in because they like, we know y'all be late talking about you ready. You just got out the shower. I'm headed your way. Meanwhile, you haven't even ironed your clothes yet. They know. So for 2022, you can put an additional 6,500 into your 401k so you can catch up on some contributions. And so you can do that from now until, you know, because what is retirement age now, Mandy? 64, 65? Oh, Lord, I don't remember. Six, you can start doing withdrawals at 62, but full retirement okay. age, like when you get your full Social Security benefit, is 67, I believe. 67. So, I mean, it's up to you when you obviously when you want to stop working. But if you are working, you know, you can c- continue to do catch up contributions now until you stop working. Um, so just like keep that in mind that like and here's the thing. It's better that you started than you've not started. Try not to beat your um self up um the fact that you've asked the question is great but i would if i if you can lower your you know monthly expenses max out your 401k and max out catch up contributions if possible yeah and i mean you're exactly in the same boat that my dad is in right now um blowing up my phone like i'm vanguard's customer support my goodness honestly i'm about to take my dad to like edward jones or something and be like take this man (laughs) just do it um no but you know getting an outsider's perspective to help you can also and i would see you know sometimes your company itself your 401k plan may have um, experts who you can contact to get you started. So I would not turn down that kind of help. I was doing a like a, a, a talk at Synchrony, actually, this is a big, you know, financial company. And it was all women, like hundreds of women. And the number of women who hadn't even like, gone to their benefits department, um, and enrolled is really staggering. And then after the talk, a lot of them were going and I'm like, listen, your e- the emails usually like benefits at whatever your company's name.com and like make those people do their jobs like help you get started and on the right path. So that's that's all I would say. And also, if you were wondering, um, I showed my dad how to do this too. Uh, SSA.gov is the Social Security Administrative Administration's website. And you can actually see what your expected benefit will be. Um, so if you log on, you can see your, your statement, your Social Security benefit statement, which will pretty much have your entire history of um, earnings and also give you an estimate of how much you can expect your benefit to be depending on what age you start collecting. So it's like 62, 65, 67, they do a whole thing. And that can give you some like realistic numbers to work with because it sounds like you're stressed about being able to retire. And like you may think that you may never be able to, but I would start there as well. So you have some real data to look at. So what actually is my expected benefit amount? And then how much would I need to supplement that? Look at your expenses now and kind of start backing into how much additional income do I want to bring? Um, do I need to bring in? Do I need to downsize? Do I need to you know, look for other ways to increase my income and start planning? Yeah. You know, start planning and for that all now. Get creative with increase because you have this new career. I'm assuming maybe you have a new skill set. Can you monetize that skill set for a little, some little side money? I feel like everybody, you know, could always use a little extra money on the side. So don't be afraid to get a little, you know, side hustle on. Yeah. So, you know, good luck to you, Stace. Thank you so much for your question. You'd be surprised how many of my coaching clients are in their 50s. Mm. As in you, I mean me. I was surprised. It's a lot of badass women out there who were like, no, nah, I'm done with this. I want something better. I love um, that. And so that's why I love about your question, because you said you just got a new career in October. And it's just like, yes, it's never yes. too late. Mm-hmm. It's not too late. Yes, there's age discrimination, which is like we can't really control that. But you have proven that it can happen. So we're proud of you. Good luck, Stacy. All right, we did it. First BAQ&A. Back-ish. We did it. We did it. We did it. <laughs> Low in CMOS. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs>
All right, y'all go to brownambitionpodcast.com and ask us anything. Also check us out on IG at Brown Ambition Podcast. Also check your inboxes because the Brown Ambition newsletter is happening, y'all. It's coming out every Wednesday. You'll get the latest from that week's episodes with our tip of the week. Um, so if you're not signed up to our newsletter, go to brownambitionpodcast.com and get with the program, okay? It only took us seven years, but now we got y'all covered. <laughs> I feel like we're just getting started, okay? We are. It's, we are. All this talk about never too late. It applies to us too. Never too late, never too late, never too late. I'm very no singing. No more song today, trivia. Too. I can't. I, know. I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, Tiff. It, it's stressful. That was Luther. <laughs> never too much, never too much. Mm. All right, y'all. Until next week. Bye-bye. Hey, BA fam. We could not do this show without your support or the support of our team behind the scenes. The Brown Ambition Podcast is produced by Cumulus Podcast Network. It's edited by the wonderful Imani Crosby and produced by Tanya Bustos. Dennis Stemplinski is our in-house tech guru. And I am Mandy Woodruff-Santos, your co-host. And I will see y'all next week. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.